0: Looking on a Wednesday, halfway through. And believe it or not, we're getting ready for the championships. The NFC, the AFC championships coming up this weekend. And I'm excited for football, don't get me wrong. uh, But obviously, the Packers are not in it. You've got uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City, San Francisco, and then the Rams. And uh, the first game being the AFC championship, that's going to be 2 o'clock Central Time coming up on Sunday. And then. You've got the 49ers and the Rams that are going to be coming up at 530 Central Time on Sunday. And then we will know uh, a couple of weeks away who will then be uh, the representatives out in L.A. at SoFi uh, to represent their uh, respective conferences for a Super Bowl. In the meantime, I am, I got to admit, I woke up today, a terrible night of sleep last night. Uh, I don't know why just I I don't know if it's dry air or what my sinuses are killing me terrible night of sleep last night Ben have you ever had like where you're, you can breathe but you've got that whistle in your nose
1: it sounds like a train
0: far off in the distance no uh okay they're
1: not normally I uh, my nose is normally quite open the the airwaves yeah. work well in my nose
0: no last night was awful I woke myself up uh it was like a like this train off in the distance. And I'm thinking, what the hell is that? And I woke up and it's my nose. It, it's, I could hear myself when I was sleeping. Uh, and then last night, uh, unfortunately, there was a, a shooting of a police officer in the Milwaukee area. But um, they put the, uh, because I don't even know if uh, the, the person that did this uh, has been captured yet or not. But then the uh, shelter in place emergency alert system went off last night at about 2.33 in the morning. And that woke me up, scared the hell out of me. Um, cause the last time I heard that was when we had the, uh, Christmas par- parade tragedy down in Waukesha. So when that went off, it was like, oh my God, what now, you know? So <clears throat> anyway, so that was, it was kind of a restless night of sleep, but I wake up this morning and I took a little extra time. I laid in bed a little extra time today. Normally I get up and I go work out, but today I just kind of like, I'm just tired. I'm just going to hang out. So I'm flipping through and I'm looking at all these poll questions. The majority of Packers fans that have answered poll questions have stated. Now, I I couldn't honestly tell you if it was all Packers fans. Who who the hell am I uh, to say? But the majority of people that answered these poll questions, do you want Aaron Rodgers back next year? One poll question was 67%, the other one was 75%, and they were all well over you know like one was like 600 people responded the other one was like 2200 people responded there was another one that was a little bit bigger than that do you want it and the majority was like no and i'm i'm kind of stunned i'm kind of stunned i i don't know why you wouldn't want him back i i get that um there's emotion and disappointment. I, that I understand. I completely understand that. And we've talked about the failures, not being the leader of men, the you know all the other things that are spinning politically around Aaron Rodgers that he wants to speak on. That kind of rub people the wrong way. Okay, they want your 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 athletes to be athletes. Don't dabble in other things. Don't polarize your audience. Be our hero. Be our leader. Be our guy. Okay, I understand that. But I'm I'm thinking to myself, for that sixty something percent, for that seventy five percent, what do you want? And 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 then do you realize that he gives you the best, still the best chance to win, or is it just we'll take losing, to go find another guy, because that's what it's going to be. I mean, make no mistake about it. It's that's that's what it's going to be for a year, two, three, five, ten, whatever. Because you're looking at all these franchises that had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And look at what they've gone through since. Now, sporadically, yeah, you know what? They've had some some limited success. But it's been very up and down. It's been very ebb and flow. One year you're in a Super Bowl. The next year, two years, three years, five years, you're irrelevant. You're just scraping to get to the postseason. And then, you, you know, you may find a little success. And then you're out again. And you're back to being a terrible franchise, firing coaches and such. So I guess my question is, uh, starting off the program today, for those that don't want Aaron Rodgers back, I just would like to know why and if you have another plan in place. That's it. That's it. That's what I'd like to know.
1: What do you, I mean, do you, do, you know, Ben,
0: do you want to see Aaron Rodgers come back?
1: I I would like to see him come back. However, I, I think the best way forward is with him traded. Okay. The way I look at it right now, it's, I, I don't think Rodgers with this roster or what the roster will look like next year when it's, when a lot of the guys aren't back, I don't think that they'll be able to compete with the chiefs and the bills when it comes to that point. And we've kind of seen that over the last couple of years as well. And then if you trade him, get a couple first round picks, get a couple good players, go into next year, one year of Jordan Love, either he's the guy or he's not. If he is, great. If he's not, you have all of the ammunition to go get another quarterback.
0: But then your crapshoot begins.
1: Kind of, but, I, I mean, Bryce you know, Young because, is coming I mean, out in a couple years. If you have that much ammunition, it's not as much of a crapshoot.
0: <clears throat> so you're saying rebuild. My, my argument always is how many quarterbacks have come into the league and failed? A lot. How many quarterbacks have been drafted that we all look at and go, that's, I mean, Tua was supposed to beat a guy, and he's not. Trevor Lawrence, we don't know what he is yet. He didn't get off to a very good start. You know, we knew Joe Burrow would be good. I think we thought that. Um, Patrick Mahomes, teams passed on him. He, they got lucky. Kansas City saw something in him, and obviously he became the guy. But how many quarterbacks have we seen come into the league that we knew were going to be good and have just fallen flat? And that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're, you're now into that guessing game as to whether or not you you get really the number one overall who's going to be that good or not. And, and I I don't know if you've still got four years of viability from Aaron Rodgers, and I think you do. If you can work something out with him, yeah, next year's going to be a down year, but the year after that's not. If you can tell him and say, Aaron, look, we fully intend on kind of trimming the branches next year. Let's do what we can to see what we can put together. But the year after that, I give you my word, we're going for it again and again and again. Do you, do you want to throw him out? especially when Brady's 45 years old, you know, and I think he's every bit of, of, you know, physical ability that Brady is. I I don't, I I don't know. Sean says I wanted him gone last season for costing us the the game. Uh, Then this season hasn't changed my mind. Okay. But that's my point. You may not even be in the playoffs for the next five years. And I I know there are people that are saying, well, go build a great defense. Well, that's fine. But in in an ever-changing game where defense is being hindered more and more and more, it's a quarterback-driven, offensive-driven game. And remember, look at the quarterbacks, short of Garoppolo, that were winning this weekend. You know, you've got an up-and-comer in Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, that was leading a team back. I mean, Rodgers failed, no doubt. I'm not not arguing that fact. Rodgers failed. But, you know, when you're looking at, you can't just say that these other quarterbacks are going to, unless you find the next Joe Burrow, then, hey, you're all for it. Then you've got, you know, then you've got, uh, you know, your, your future. I, I completely agree with it. Jordan Love's not the answer. And I'll argue that with anybody, and I'll throw any money down on it, because he's not. He's at best an average quarterback. But I just, uh, I I don't know what people are thinking when you've got this in your own backyard. And it's not like next year if you trade them away, you're going to be great. And the other thing you have to remember is that, it, you know, now Brian Gutekind has done a pretty good job via the draft. I'll, I'll give you that. But you have to hit. If you get three number ones, you have to hit. You have to. So if you get two number ones and two number twos or whatever, Eric Stokes has proved to be pretty solid. Josh Myers proved to be pretty solid. Amari Rogers, third-round draft choice? Eh, we don't know yet. Royce Newman, he was a good fill-in, but he was also the guy that was getting beat up the most. T.J. Slayton, he contributed. We saw some flashes, still waiting to find out. Shamar Jean Charles, didn't really find himself on the uh, – on the field. Colvin Lannon was cut and now just brought back. Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, Kylan Hill. He ended up uh, being kind of the, the somewhat returner surprise, but he went down with a knee injury. The year prior, Jordan Love. A.J. Dillon's all that. We we agree. Josiah Aguara waiting to find out. Kamal Martin. Runyon's been good. Jake Hansen, the center. He's a backup. Stepaniak. Vernon Scott, Jonathan Garvin. Year before that, Rashawn Gary, he's panned out. Darnell Savage Jr., he's panned out. Elton Jenkins, he's panned out. Jay Sternberger, gone. Kingsley Kiki, gone. Kadar Holdman, Dexter Williams, Ty Summers is a special teamer. So their top draft picks have been pretty good. But those guys at four and five and six that you really need to fill in your roster, haven't hit on them. Once you get past the top three rounds, it's been hit or miss. The sixth-round pick of John Runyon has been his best pick late in the draft. Late in the draft. You've had Equinemia St. Brown, Mark Wasvada Scantling at 5-6. and But Hunter Bradley, Kendall Donerson, James Looney. Hell, J.K. Scott was a fifth-round draft choice. Cole Madison, Jamon Moore. You know, so the, the top picks have been good. The bottom picks have not. So getting additional picks doesn't necessarily make it uh, a lock. A lock. Uh, that's why I'm just wondering. If, if people just don't want Rogers back, tell me why. Tell me why. Uh 867 And do you have a plan? Or is it just, ah, you know, get picks? Greg says, trade for Tyler Huntley. If you can get them. So what are you going to trade? You're going to trade them Aaron Rodgers? Because you're not going to trade your picks. You're trying to build your team back up as cheaply as possible. See, that's just it. You've got a lot of high-dollar talent you're going to get rid of. What you have to have, what you have to have, is you have to have those mid-range guys, those fives, fours, those those draft choices that don't garner a ton of money that produce because your first and second and third rounders, they get more money. But the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, they don't. And if those guys you can find those diamonds in the roughs and produce, you get cheap, really good talent until their contracts become available. And even then, their second contract, as a, a unless, of course, they're just lights out, as a fifth, sixth rounder, doesn't garner as much money. That's where some of these teams... Get good is because they they hit in the later rounds. You have to have that. I just I, I find it interesting that people just want to say ah to hell with it. We're done. We're done. Done with it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I would love to get your thoughts on this. Do you want to see do, for those. That don't want Aaron Rodgers here. Tell me why. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael
1: Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on hour number three. And uh, joining us now, uh, the Pack-A-Day podcast, our uh, buddy Andy Herman is here. And uh, so, Andy, uh, the game comes to an end. Uh, I want to go back to the game on Saturday night and give me your thoughts. Uh, I think a a bunch of stuff went wrong. Obviously, special teams. Rodgers did not play well. Uh, some of the guys downfield weren't getting open, but there was some locking on uh, Devonte Adams again. Obviously, the loss of AJ Dillon hurt this team in the run game. Give me your thoughts.
2: Yeah, as as I was finishing watching this game and rewatching this game, I, I still had the same thought that I did when I when I watched it initially live at the stadium, and that was ultimately at the end of the day, Rogers could have been better, the offense could have been better, and we we can put a lot of things on blast of that as well. But in this game, particularly, I have trouble putting anything much more than, than on the special teams. And the reason I say that is, to me, this was a defensive struggle. Every game's going to have its own unique identity. And I think in the elements, in the cold, and I'm not forgiving the offense for their play overall in any way, shape, or form. But I'm willing to give a sliver of accident forgiveness, given the state of the game and how it was being played, um, that this was a defensive struggle and Green Bay had every right to win this game if the special teams doesn't completely embarrass themselves in every single facet. And I'm not going to go you know, break any plays that you know people haven't heard of and watched over and over already, but when you have a blocked punt that's returned for a touchdown, when you have a blocked field goal that takes three points off the board, when you have a 40-plus, 40 45-yard uh, kickoff return by Debo Samuel that sets up their first field goal of the game, to me that's more on the special teams than it is on the defense in that scenario – Your defense plays lights out. They get an interception in the red zone. They set up the offense all day. And and your special teams in a game where it was a close game basically allowed the other team to have 13 or at least take 13 points in their favor. Um, It's just completely unacceptable. And then you have just like the icing on the cake of, lining up with 10 players on the final play on special teams, having a full start on the punt right before you're, you're punting to, you know, back to San Francisco with the game on the line, just complete ineptitude in all phases of special teams at one point, even when special teams had been bad in the past, you could at least trot Mason Crosby out every time and feel like, you know what, every time Mason Crosby comes out, that's going through the uprights. At least you had faith in one area of the special teams. There wasn't a single thing that the special teams could hang its hat on all season long from kicking to punting to covering to blocking, any of it. And it showed up at its worst time in Green Bay, sitting at home, not playing in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau because of it. The uh,
0: the move forward now, uh, I think it starts, obviously, with with coaching. Uh, we're waiting to find out about Nathaniel Hackett, waiting to find out about Luke Getzey, obviously waiting to find out about Mo Drayton. Give me your thoughts on what the coaching staff may look like Uh, in the next month
2: yeah it it sort of seemed even as Matt LaFleur was answering the question in the press conference it sort of seemed like he knew the right name was on the wall to potentially have Nathaniel Hackett move on to a head coaching job there's nine openings and he's one of the most qualified candidates out there It would be pretty surprising if he didn't get a job but still remains to be seen on that but if he gets a job obviously that offensive coordinator position opens up then I think it becomes interesting I would expect either Luke Getzey or Adam Stenovich to become the favorite in Green Bay for that job. And then the other to potentially be the favorite in Denver to go with Nathaniel Hackett to become the offensive coordinator over there. So Green Bay could have a major decision on their hands there between Stenovich and Getzey. And then Green Bay would probably have to do some roster reshuffling there. I would be beyond shocked. I mean, beyond, beyond shocked if Mo Drayton is back next year, never certainly rooting for anyone to lose their job, but Uh, is just what it is when you have arguably the worst special teams performance in the history of football, not only in the game that mattered most, but pretty much throughout the course of the season. So I think there's definitely going to be some changes, and it'll be interesting to see how that shapes out.
0: So now that uh, we have uh, the season out of the way, the big question, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. And if you're Goody, what are you doing?
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think Matt Lafleur laid it out. And if we're taking him at his word, it sounds like everyone within the organization is on the same page that they want to bring him back. I will preface that by saying that if they don't want him back, it is still beneficial to say that they want him back to potentially raise trade value, also to make it seem like maybe Rogers was the guy that wanted to move on instead of the organization. Anytime, if you're the organization and you want to move on from your franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, It definitely doesn't always look great from an optics standpoint. So while I take Matt LaFleur at his word, even if it wasn't the case, uh, that's probably what they would have said anyway. Um, But I I, I do take them at their word, and I think that they do want him back. I think based on what Roger said on the Pat McAfee show, it it seems to me that if this team is willing to say, hey, we're not just going to do another rebuild and go in a different direction, that he would probably want to be back and play another season. And as things lay right now and probably yesterday morning before McAfee my answer would have been different tomorrow morning my answer could be totally different but as things stand right now I think it seems like that may be the direction that we're headed in where could be another sort of last stand situation where they mortgage more from the future try to keep as much of this team together as possible and try to keep Aaron Rodgers around and if they do that I think Rodgers is probably interested in playing next year in Green Bay
0: what do you think happens with Devontae Adams? Because we know Devontae isn't going to give some kind of a $20 million hometown discount. It's going to be 26 to $29 million is what he's looking for. And we all know it's all about the guaranteed money, so you can shuffle it around any way you want. But give me your thoughts on Devontae.
2: I think that's the, the linchpin to everything and maybe the most interesting aspect of all of this because I think you can make a strong argument. I think Zadarius Smith is probably gone no matter what. And then after that, there's going to be some other players that you have to make you know difficult decisions on I think after that, the most interesting one is Devontae Adams, because I think you can make an argument that you could probably keep the, the vast majority of this team together, maybe with the exception of Zadarius Smith and Devontae Adams. Not that those are, uh, you know, it, you know, minuscule losses by any stretch of the imagination. But I think you could probably, if those two aren't back, keep, you know, kind of keep everything pretty close to what it was and then have a draft class added on top of that maybe a couple you know, small free agent signings like a Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas a season ago, and you hope those pay off. Um, but I think the interesting aspect is, is that Devontae and Aaron Rodgers seem very linked, as Rodgers sort of talked about uh, with McAfee yesterday. So I think that's going to be – the most interesting aspect we know that Devontae wants to be paid as the number one wide receiver. We know that the contract with DeAndre Hopkins sort of clouds everything the way that Arizona structured that and the difference between what that is in new money and over the length of the contract is a massive difference about $5 million per season and what the number one wide receiver pay looks like. And I guarantee you Devontae and his agent want the higher end of that. And I guarantee you Russ ball and the Packers want the lower end of that. So I think that's going to be the most complex situation of this entire offseason is figuring out Devontae. And then if they can't figure out a way to get Devontae back, how much does that impact Aaron Rodgers? And then everything dominoes from there. So that very well could be the linchpin to the entire offseason.
0: Do you think Rodgers takes a pay cut?
2: I don't. And I, I, you know, maybe I don't think he takes a pay cut. I think you can make an argument that maybe he doesn't take top dollar if they were to, you know, maybe sort of give him some sort of extension or restructure his contract um, to the point where he probably could get more money if he really pressed it. Um, so I don't maybe think that he takes the the top end value that he could probably get if he really wanted to push for it. Um, but I don't think he takes a discount uh, or like a, I don't think he takes a pay cut, I guess is what I should say. Maybe a discount, but not a pay cut
0: see i don't think he takes a massive pay cut i i just i, I know we always want to compare him to to tom brady but that's uh, you know and i mentioned this to bill huber earlier look no quarterback in the super bowl era has ever won making more than 13.9 percent of his team's total salary uh salary cap so and rogers is well over that and will be next year i i just if he's going to continue to take that level of salary and i know he said in his uh, preseason presser when he came back and gave us that big diatribe about what he wanted and what he he thought the offseason was like, he said it's not about the money. Well, if it's not about the money, do you approach him and say, you know what? If it's not about the money, let's tear this up, give you a four-year deal, but let's make this team friendly so you're not eating up all the salary. Would you do that? If I were Rodgers if I, I were the Packers? If I was the Packers, I think I would approach Rodgers that way. He's got to understand this. He's not a stupid yeah, man. No, I,
2: no, I think there's there's probably things that you have to at least broach the topic with them. Uh, personally, I, I mean, I struggle with it because you know from a player standpoint in a game where the players get fifty percent and the ownership gets the other fifty, I'm always pro player when it comes to salaries and I want to see players get paid. But I think Bakhtiari you know a great example where if that injury happens, uh, what a couple months earlier before he gets that extension, you know he doesn't get paid like. So I'm I'm definitely on on board with players getting paid what they should from a fair market standpoint, but I think if you're Green Bay and, and Rodgers is making those comments, I think you at least have to broach the topic, but you also have to realize you're potentially walking on eggshells a little bit with a quarterback who went semi-nuclear a season ago when he thought that maybe the organization wasn't valuing him the way that he should. So all of a sudden you bring up a, you know, well, hey, maybe we can – Maybe he starts getting that feeling again and you end up with 2020 offseason all over. So um, I think I would tread carefully, but maybe a topic that you could broach if the the timing was right.
0: See, my thought is, is if you bring him in and you kind of lay it out and say, this is what we want to do. We want to keep Devontae. We want to keep these guys. You want us to keep such and such. Go get this guy. He's now got a vested interest in that. If you want us to do it, we can't do it without you. And that's when he suddenly feels like, yeah, I've now got power. I've got a ventures, vested interest, and he even feels more invested. I mean, I I could be blowing smoke up my own ass here. Who knows? But th- to me, it's 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 like when they went and gave. Budenholzer to Middleton and to Giannis and said, do you like this guy? Because we're not hiring him until you do. They both said we now have a vested interest in making this a success because we're the ones that said yes to this guy because they got it before they actually hired him. This is kind of like the same thing where they say, hey, you're making all this money. We can't do this. No team has ever done this like this. So we can't do this without you. What do you think? That's when that's where I say you're not giving him general manager power, but you're basically giving the best of interest to one, hold my feet to the fire as a general manager to go out and get the guys that we need. But secondly, he feels like he's making that sacrifice for this team to legitimately go to Super Bowls rather than just get themselves to the postseason. Does that make sense?
2: It does. And I think to your point, I, I think maybe the, the conversation you can have is to say, you know, Hey, you know, we want you back. We're willing to give you the, the, you know, market fair contract. And, you know, here's the players that we're going to be able to, you know, bring back if we do that. However, that, you know, we probably can't bring back a Devontae Adams at the contract that you want. You know, you know if you want Devontae back, we may need to look at structuring this contract a different way. Um, same thing with maybe with a Randall Cobb on a lesser deal, things like that. So uh, Mercedes Lewis, same thing. So if he wants, you know, the, 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 the team that he wants on offense with a Mercedes Lewis, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, then you maybe approach that with him and say, you know, hey, we, we we need some help from you on here as well because if you're at high end value market value, you know, contract, we can't bring all these guys back. And yeah. then maybe he does have that vested interest.
0: Yeah, maybe that's uh, that's when a, there's a come correct uh, moment, so to speak. So now moving forward, uh, you know, I don't want to look too far down the road to the draft, but you know, I, I would assume weapons are going to be the priority. You got to get better wide receivers for this uh, for this group, right?
2: I would think that's definitely going to be a priority. I mean, the, there's so many ways that this offseason can domino, right? Because all of a sudden, you know, if, if Rodgers isn't back, then you end up maybe in a in more of a rebuild phase. If he's back, is Devontae back? And I think the weapons are, are one of the biggest things that have yet to domino to see all right, exactly where does Green Bay stand this offseason. Because you look at this roster right now, Devontae Adams, MBS, Robert Tunyon, all unrestricted free agents, even if you get Tanyan back on a you know team-friendly deal, uh, it's like a one-year prove-it. You're not sure exactly when he's going to be able to come back or if he looks like himself prior to injury. Um, Alan Lazard's a restricted free agent. I would expect something to get worked out there, but you can't take anything for granted when every penny needs to be accounted for uh, this offseason. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't go, Randall Cobb, I would expect to be released based on his current contract. Maybe they could work something out there, especially if Rodgers is back, but you're looking at, you know, Amari Rodgers as, you know, basically your, your wide receiver core right now. So I think weapons is going to be a huge key to this offseason, whether that's draft, free agency, resigning their own, but that is going to be a major domino that has to fall and has to get figured out because th- they can't just go the, the, you know, the next season with where things are at right now.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would completely agree. And uh, as far as uh, the coaching staff goes, Matt LaFleur, give me your thoughts on Matt and how he's done. We all know what his record is, but how he's done as a head coach, because many seem to think that, you know, well, when things are good, it's Matt LaFleur's offense. When things are bad, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers has gone rogue and it all sucks. It seems like this is maybe a four-headed monster between uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze, Matt LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers when it comes up with game plan. Am I, am I way off base on this?
2: No, it seems like they definitely collaborate between the four of them, and it seems like they all have different responsibilities. I think Rogers is sort of you know has say over what he really likes, what play calls worked in practice, and what he feels comfortable running through the week. I think Matt Lafleur has a designated design that he wants to run, and uh, you know I think Lafleur really is best at scheming what the the defense does poorly and trying to attack those things. I think Hackett is more red zone. You get Getsy in some of the passing game concepts and coming up with creative stuff. So I think they all work collaboratively towards an offense. As far as you know, what, what Matt LaFleur brings. I think Matt LaFleur is a phenomenal football coach. I think everything that he does from game planning to, um, you know, how he handles the, the roster, how he gets players days off when they need days off. I think everything he does for the most part has been incredibly successful. We know that 13 and three, basically for three straight seasons, not including the lions loss, which really didn't matter. Um, however, I think you can also be critical of the fact in three postseasons with three really good football teams, this team has two playoff wins. And if I, I'm no math major, Bill, but in order to win a Super Bowl in any season, the minimum that you have to have is three playoff wins. and he in three seasons has two. So even if those came in the same season, yeah, you have a Super Bowl appearance, but you don't have a victory. Um, he needs to be better when it comes to game planning and figuring out how to attack uh, teams and you know come playoff time when you're facing the best of the best. I mean, they basically no-showed for an NFC championship game against the 49ers two years ago, and those sort of things can't happen. They were down, what, 18 against Tampa Bay in the second half. They didn't show up uh, the way that they're capable of in three straight postseasons now, and that has to be something that they figure out and learn from, and that ultimately is on Matt LaFleur, which he owned up to, uh, both in his postgame presser and his you know season-ending presser, uh, but that's going to be something that has to be figured out because there's a a, a litany of coaches in all sports who have been great regular season coaches. That's not where you, you know, make your money. You make your money in the postseason, and that's something that he still has to overcome.
0: Well, here's my next question, and then I'll let you go. So, does he seem like a coach who's ready to break through, or does he seem like a coach who he's going to get you there, but he's not going to get you to the big game?
2: I, I, I lean towards the former. I think he's ready to break through. I think he has every tool necessary in his toolbox to be one of the you know one of the absolute best coaches in the NFL um, but this is a proof in the pudding sort of league and it's what's, say hey, what have you done for me lately and if you can't get past that then you have a ceiling and it's it's really difficult to ultimately obviously reach your destination if that's the case so he has to improve it I think he will I think he'll be better I think he's dedicated towards it as he said in his presser as well um, and I, again everything that I've seen I, I have no reason to think that he can't um, but until he does that's going to remain a major question mark on his resume.
0: Good stuff, Andy. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll definitely touch base again as the uh, the off rolls on. Okay, can't wait. Thanks so much, Bill. Thanks, pal. I'll talk to you soon, Andy Herman of the Pack a Day podcast. You can find him at Andy Herman NFL at Andy Herman NFL. You can find his stuff there. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official. Beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network and by our friends over there at uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake. Are you going to do a little ice fishing? That's okay. Stop over to Curly's after the fact. Maybe you want to go watch them out there in a lake. Pull up a couple, maybe a northern or two. Check it out just by sitting there near that front window, getting your pizza, getting your game on, whatever it happens to be. They always have good meat raffles, a lot of different things they give away, tickets to many different games, whether it's Bucks or, or Brewers games. They always have stuff going on right there on Pewaukee Lake, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Terrific place. Ryan and his staff are really good people. Stop over, tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.